0: How many of you are thankful for God's love? It's too good to leave, it, leave us where it finds us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep our applause going for all those joining us online. Let them know how awesome it is to have them today. A mummy covered in chocolate and nuts has been discovered in Egypt. Archaeologists believe it may be Pharaoh Roche, <laughs> that's, that's so bad, isn't it? <laughs> sure, he's not even laughing. <laughs> that's so bad. Uh, I love, this has nothing to do with my message, Connie, but I absolutely love the blueberry cream cheese pastries at Stoats here in town. I uh, just FYI, shout out to Stoats. They are so good. Blueberry cream cheese pastries. Can you tell i hungry? Can you tell i hungry, Gannon? Last week, second service ended. Mandy Potter... Uh, when we finished second service, her husband Ben was up here playing the bass. Mandy made me last week pumpkin, chocolate, chunk, not chip, chunk muffins that had some like special cream cheese stuff on the top. Amazing. Uh, so I can't wait till after church to see what's waiting. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Speaking, speaking of that, it reminds me of the joke, what did one cupcake say to the other? You ain't seen muffin yet. that's bad. (laughs) Oh, that's bad. Someone actually told me the other day, someone told me the other day they thought I was getting heavier, but in my defense, I've had a lot on my plate lately. (laughs) Okay, I will stop. I will stop. When, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes apparent. Uh, okay, I will, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Those are <laughs> those are bad. <laughs> They're bad, aren't they? Derek's over here shaking his head like we need a new pastor. Uh, I agree. Uh, I'm just kidding, Derek. Let's pray. How many uh, really want God to speak to you today? You just want to lean in God's word. Uh, just, I mean, you play your part. God's word is quick and powerful. Uh, you know, sometimes people will say, Pastor Micah. That's one of the best messages I've ever heard. I had someone just earlier say the message today was one of the most impactful messages that, that they've ever heard. They just shared it at the 9 o'clock service. Sometimes we say that. that that's, that's the best message that spoke to my heart. Well, sometimes it's always not about whether or not the Scripture or the text or the passage was so powerful. Sometimes it honestly is just based on how well we listened. And I know that's a unique angle, but there's so many distractions you could be thinking about what's going on this afternoon, all the places you got to go and the things you got to do, and you get all this stuff going on, and you only catch bits and pieces and parts because we're distracted. How awesome would it be in the next half an hour if we just say, God, help me to block out all of the distractions. Let your word speak to me today. Your word that's quick and powerful. I need your word to speak to me today. And so let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. This is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm asking you right now, God, that you would let your word in the room and online touch lives, touch hearts. When we walk off this property, uh, when we log off a computer, a tablet, a a phone, I'm asking God that we would be better followers of Christ, that we wouldn't just be a hearer of the word, we're going to be a doer of the word, that this day is going to be life-changing for us because of our time with you. I pray that you would also touch our country, whether it's the president, the first lady, those involved with sickness. Even down this week, uh, I have heard people in our area uh, with sicknesses and struggles. And God, I'm asking that you would heal. I'm asking that you would strengthen. I'm asking that you would touch. And so I, I pray not only physically, but spiritually, touch our nation today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. We are, going to, we are going to, for this week and next week, conclude our series in James. We've been in James uh, for a few weeks now, and we have talked about tests and temptations. There's so much in James, but we've talked about favoritism, finances, greed, selfishness, division, having clean uh, hands and heart. Uh, We talked Thursday night with Rabbi about end times and Revelation. And specifically, if you have time to read, there's three or four instances in James. But uh, James 5, 7, and 8 and and other verses will talk about the coming of the Lord and how important it is for all of us to make sure our hearts are right with God, that our relationship with God is in a healthy place. But there's so much in James. And I want to talk to you today out of James chapter 4, and we're going to talk, uh, James 4, James 1, on fighting, on quarreling, on uh, arguing. Where where do these things come from and how we can be a better man, a better woman when it comes to these subjects. And so I really pray that God's word speaks to you and challenges, challenges you um, as much as it has me the last two weeks preparing for this. And so... I want to share with you today out of James chapter number four, the first three verses. James four verses one through three says, what causes fights? What causes fights? What causes fights and quarrels among you. Don't, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Now, I want to press pause here at the very onset of our message today because a lot of times we are going to think that these fights, these quarrels, these issues are all from the outside. We're going to say the reason I'm angry is because of my coach, whether whether you're a child, Whether you are a college student, whether you're in a relationship, maybe married, maybe you say you're dealing with your son, your daughter, parenting, it's often easy for us to think that our anger or our frustration or our irritation is coming from the outside. It's them, it's that politician, Micah. It's my boss, it's my coworker, it's my neighbor. Maybe you would say it's, it's the traffic jam. I was reminded as I was preparing for this message about the individual that told me, and they, they never, they don't, they don't really use bad language, they, they're not a personality or a person that you know would get easily frustrated, but they were in a traffic jam, and, and to my understanding they said it was the first time ever, but they used a the finger they shouldn't have used and they were telling me that they actually put it low, like down under the glove compartment. So, like, <laughs> the person they were venting to couldn't even see it. God could see it, but they, they were like, and, and, and I had someone tell me that, like, they just had to express this anger or this frustration at a traffic issue. Maybe someone else would say, Pastor Micah, what gets me is social media. Social media gets me mad. Social media angers me. Social media stirs me up. Maybe, maybe someone else, you would say it's, it's politics. The one thing that can push you over the edge is these seasons of politics. Maybe for others it is your family. I'm not going to share a lot of in-law jokes but maybe some could say that what stirs you up is dealing with in-laws. How about those of you that have an ex? And how that could stir you up. I've met, I've met some people who have said before, I'm just angry at the world. Like you don't even have, you don't even have a few people, you're just, you're just angry at the world. James says, Where, where's these fights and quarrels coming from? You desire, but you do not have. You kill, you covet, You cannot get what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Now, I want to help you today. In my years of pastoring, there are a lot of times where people will say, I just wish my husband or wife, I wish they would appreciate me more. I wish they would affirm me more. I wish you know, sometimes we're always looking for our identity somewhere else, whether it's that relationship, that coach, that person. James is challenging them that you're not going to God enough. Some of these things, the best place that we're going to find our identity is in Christ. Christ. When you read verse number three, and he's saying, when you ask, you do not receive. You ask with wrong motives. You may spend what you get on your pleasures. Here's what I want you to notice today. That in a mindset and a mentality where we always want to blame someone else, I'm mad because. I'm frustrated when they. James is going to, to use the word you in most translations, 15 to 17 times in these three verses. You. But I want to blame them. Micah, I want to get upset at them. I want to challenge you in our time together today. Let the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Word of God assess you. And as we look at these verses today, Realize what James said. James said it's coming from within. I, I know you're looking out, but it's actually coming from within. I want us to look at the reality that sometimes the inside is impacting the outside. The inside is impacting the outside. James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 will be our last references to verses in James today. So I want to I marry these two verses, these two passages in James 4 and James 1. James 1, 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone, let's say that word together, everyone. Someone say, that's me. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Why James? Why should we do that? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Here's what another translation would say. Listen, open your ears, harness your desire to speak. They'll say a lot of personalities that they are going to talk every 17 seconds or less. Every 17 seconds or less, they're going to want to say something or interject something. Companies will even use what, what I've heard called the OWL training. It's a leadership training where you will sit down with someone and you will have several minutes where you cannot talk. You have to just listen to people talk. And at the end of that, then you share back with them what you heard because our nature is we want to say, we want to interrupt, we want to interject. When we look at this translation, it's saying harness your desire to speak. Don't get worked up into a rage so easily. Maybe you would say, Pastor Micah, I can go zero to 60 like that. You want someone to go off, I'm your guy. He said you need to harness those things. Human anger is a futile exercise that will never produce God's kind of justice in this world. The King James Version says slow to wrath. I know that's a strong word, wrath. So we talked today about this subject. It's, It's not typical verbiage that you would hear someone say, wow, that mom, like she just pours out her wrath on her children. Like that husband... He just faces the wrath of his wife every day, or that man, wow, he's really a wrath-filled. Per- it's a strong word when you talk about wrath and rage and anger. So we look at God's word today, and we see James encouraging us in these three areas. We want to look at each one in our time together. This is very practical. This is very practical for all of us. And James said everyone, everyone. In other words, from the youngest to the oldest, everyone should be able to take this and apply it to your life. The first was, he said, you need to listen. Everyone say listen, listen. The word listen has the same letters as the word silent. Maybe today your takeaway needs to be I want to listen more to God. We give hours, whether it's the Fox or CNN or social media, But are you listening to God? The seven churches in Revelation over and over and over again it would say if you would only hear, hear, listen, to what the Spirit is saying to the church. I know there's a lot of other people that are talking to you, but what is He saying? How how are you and I doing with listening to His Word, to His Spirit? Maybe He has put a Healthy relationship in your life that could be a teacher, it could be a preacher, it could be a friend and accountability partner. And are you, you know, the Bible would talk about ears dull of hearing. In other words, it's not that it's not being said, but we're not listening. And then practically, those around us, the relationships, our family, our friends, are we listening? He said, let everyone be quick to listen. Do a better job of listening, whether that's a conversation, a cry, a concern. I recently read an article about prostitution, and they were questioning young men and young women about how how did you end up like this? How did you end up here? How, How did you get pulled into this type of lifestyle and I was drawn to the fact that out of their answers, one of the answers said this, and I'm quoting, they were asked, is there anything that you needed in that season of your life and you didn't get? I'm quoting, several answers said this, what I needed most was someone to listen to me. How how would James... In writing these life principles, these life lessons, feel it was so important to tell us if you're going to get good at something, get good at listening. Stephen Covey would say this, he's multiple books and authors and advising us on effective habits to have in our lives, but he would say this most people do not listen with the intent. To understand, they listen with the intent to reply. I heard the joke about the guy who said, My wife says that I only have two faults that I don't listen, and something else. <laughs> Question to all of us today am I a good listener? Am I a good listener? Am I a good listener to God? How about his word? When he says forgive, am I a good listener? When he says repent, am I a good listener? When he says to love and honor, am I a good listener? When he gives me parameters and boundaries for my thought life or for my emotions or for relationships, I mean, it's one thing to hear the value of marriage, a man and a woman, or the value of life from the womb. It's one, it's, one, it's one thing for it to be in a book, but am I a good listener? Do I hear, do I do, do I follow through? Am I a good listener? And then in the relationships that he has blessed you and I with, am I a good listener? Or could, you know, I have four children, three girls and a boy. Could they talk to me and I'm catching a little bit but they don't really have my attention. Am I a good listener? In an age of technology where we pick up phones and we're like, yeah, uh, uh, am I? Come on, ask yourself today. Am I a good listener? Or could I really challenge myself today in the presence of God to say, God, I want you to help me to do a better job spiritually with you. Naturally, with those around me, I want to be a better listener. The second thing that James tells them is to think before they speak. We have talked about the importance of the word think. The letter T, is it true? H, is it honoring? I, what is the intent? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? Maybe that would be your takeaway. James gave three Maybe that first you would say, you know, I want to listen more. Maybe the second one is what you are tracking with with your own life where you're saying, I can be so quick to want to post. I can be so quick. I've got to get on Facebook. I've got to tell someone. I've got to comment. I've got to give a piece of my mind. Maybe today the challenge from God's Word is that you need to think before you speak. The third thing that James encourages them in his writings is to be slow slow come on 0 to 60 slow to anger this one is much easier much easier said than done because when these emotions start to get stirred up in our lives. The last thing we're wanting is to be slow. Anger is mentioned hundreds of times in Scripture. Matter of fact, if you were to take anger and angry and some of the words related to this subject, you would find it's right around 500 times. The only emotion mentioned more in the Bible, more than this, is love. Thank God for His love. This is a serious subject. It's going to appear first in Genesis 4-5, and it's going to go all the way to, to Revelation chapter 19. And hundreds of times in between, we are going to read about this subject of anger becoming angry and the fallout from that. When we look at the natural triggers of anger, if you were to say, what makes us angry? What makes me angry, Micah? There are a lot of things, but I wanna give you three things that this is information that has been derived from people who have studied angry. We've included probably more people in this message today than normal. We have included people that have degrees and have spent years analyzing this, and we've talked to counselors, and we've tried to give a well-rounded approach today to what I'm sharing with you right now on anger. These are three of the things that they shared with me. The first is watching violence, watching violence. So if you're watching that on the news or movies or you know, you're seeing all these videos now on social media, you could scroll for hours. If, if you're watching violence, this can make you more angry, aggressive, negative, and powerless. How many knows there's all kinds of opportunity to watch negative, critical, hostile types of things? The second thing that they would say is that that the same type of response in your brain can happen when you listen to music that would have lyrics that have hostility or aggression. And how many would agree that our world is saturated with music. The third is very interesting to me because I've been told that video games accumulate more monies than all pro sports combined. I've also been told that there is now counseling, that you could have qualified counseling for video game addiction. They say that the third thing they shared with me is a meta-analytic review of video game research found that Violent video games increase aggressive behavior in children and young adults. Anger is a natural response to an injustice. So subconsciously, if you feel like something isn't right, if you feel like something isn't fair, maybe you've even caught yourself saying before, this just rubs me Come on, I want to help you today. This is Bible. This is Scripture. we, we, We could talk about a lot of things in our lives, but today the practical steps of I want to be a better listener, I want to think before I speak, and God help me to deal with my anger. When we look at this, they tell us that anger is actually and generally considered a secondary emotion. So if you're getting angry, it's likely because of a primary that is now causing the secondary. I hope the light will come on for you today. This has really been helpful for me the last couple of weeks, whether it's Angel and I, our family, our staff, we've had hours of discussion, even with pastor's that are sharing this at various locations today, and I hope that you are helped in the next few minutes as much as we have been helped, that this anger, this secondary emotion, is likely caused because of hurt, fear, or frustration. So if your anger is coming from hurt, that's probably because of your past. So, You could be angry right now, like, I'm angry at my ex, I'm angry at, it's stirring up something from your childhood, it's stirring up something from years gone by, and you could be angry because of your past hurt. The second thing is your fear, which they would tell us that the fear is more futuristic. You're angry because you're unsettled or you are unsure about something in the future, It's very interesting to me that they say the area of our brain that processes anxiety is also the same part of our brain that processes anger. The third part is frustration. That's your present. So that's your traffic jam kind of people. Right? That's the people jumping the line at Walmart like, hey, just because a new aisle opened up, that doesn't mean you get to go from 11th deep to the front. Right? And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, calm down. That's a frustration in the moment. Our emotions, this is really helpful today. This is really helpful today. If you will catch the principle of what I'm going to share right now. They say that our emotions have a shelf life of 30 to 90 seconds. You're like, that's impossible, Micah. There's no way that mine only lasts 30 seconds. (laughs) Here's the reality. We often keep the feelings alive by continuing to think about it. So the shelf life, the shelf life is 30 to 90 seconds. The reason it's lasting so long is because you and I are continuing to dwell on it, to think about it, to talk about it. Maybe you've even said this statement before. Maybe you said this statement. I get mad every time I think about it. So then, Micah, why are you thinking about it so much? Maybe you've said something like this. The more I think about it, the madder I get. So Micah, why are you thinking about it so much? If if you know the more you're thinking about it, the worse it's becoming. Why are not Why are you not bringing into captivity? Why are you not bringing into obedience these runaway thoughts? Why are you not bringing them into the obedience of Christ, Micah? And so it's not the initial traffic jam, Walmart. It's not someone that rubs you the wrong way. It's that days or weeks later, you're still rehashing. I can't believe they posted. I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they done. I can't believe. And we continue to pour fuel on that fire of our frustration. Anger is always looking for an expression. So when you and I have anger in our lives, it's always looking to express itself. Let me give you a few of the ranges. So, when they shared with me that anger has two extremes. So sometimes we group it all together and it's like, okay, if you slam a door, you're angry. Well, actually there's a lot of levels and layers to anger. Let me give you a few of them today. Irritation, irritation. This is just the feeling of discomfort. You're not even necessarily really angry, you're just irritated. Second, indignation. This is actually when you get pulled into something. Now, some some people are actually pulled into problems that are not even their problems, but because they see an injustice, all of a sudden they feel like they are now the savior of the situation. Indignation is when something is wrong and you feel like you are part of correcting it. So you see something, you hear about something, and you're like, hey, this isn't right. This isn't right. I need to help solve this. Indignation. The next is wrath. Now, we're getting a little more serious. Wrath is a strong desire for revenge. Revenge. It's no wonder the Bible would would tell us, vengeance is mine. Micah, it's not yours. Vengeance is mine. I will repay because God knows our nature is we're going to want to settle the score. We have fury. Everyone say fury. Fury is the partial loss of emotional control. And so people have told me, Christian counselors, spiritual leaders that study these things, have told me in the last couple of weeks that it is possible that either in peace or part, or for some people in entirety, they actually have a lapse or a blackout when they get so angry. Here here is something they told me that was very interesting Is that when when you are in a furious state, you are shutting down the part of your brain that reasons or processes feelings? Let me help you today. When you are furious, you are shutting down the part of your brain that is reasoning or processing feelings. You say, why when I had words with my ex, why when I had words with my child, why, why when we begin to, to disagree, I can't believe they said, I can't believe I said, maybe afterward you're like, there's no way that should have even come out of my mouth. It's because you have shut down that part of your brain that is processing feelings and processing reasoning and you are saying things and you are spewing things that are completely unfiltered. Because you have opened up in that moment, this fury. Maybe you've even heard couples say this, when we fight, when we argue, when we disagree, we, we fight about silly things. How many ever heard that statement before? We fight about silly things. Well, it's silly, it's silly, because you're not reasoning. It's silly because you've shut down feelings. And so you you are in this furious, you are in this fury state of mind. Now to get to these last couple that are, are of course extreme, but I just want you to see these levels and layers. Rage. This is a loss of control involving aggression or an act of violence. Hostility. Hostility is a persistent form of anger which affects your entire outlook on the world and life. Next up in our final few minutes is is hidden forms of anger. So this is not as visible and expressive, but these can be hidden forms of anger. Jealousy, pessimism, prejudice, cynicism, sarcasm, criticism, and selfishness. There are hidden forms of anger. They say speak when you're angry and you will make the best speech you will ever regret. What do you and I do categorically? What do we do categorically when we're angry? They say there's typically three categories, three things that we could respond with when we're dealing with these levels or layers, the first is repression. Repression. This means that you deny the presence of anger, that you could be red in the face, glassy eyed. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm fine. I am fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, repression. You deny the presence of anger. This response typically turns our anger inward. And it can lead to depression, anxiety, hypertension, ulcers. That's where people are not acknowledging. Whether it's the past, the present, the future, you're not acknowledging. I'm frustrated right now. I'm irritated, I feel like things are unfair. Nobody's listening, no one gets it. and, And you're not even acknowledging it, that's repression. Suppression, this is a response that acknowledges your anger but then it stuffs or suppresses it. And when we suppress our anger, although it's not really the outburst, we actually become more cynical, passive-aggressive, sarcastic, lack of cooperation, gossip. So you can be angry, but you think by suppressing it, you're going to make snide remarks, You're you're going to talk about things you shouldn't be talking about, so just because you're not slamming the door, you, you have, you have al- almost this excused, almost have this excused anger in your life. The third is maybe the one that when we first start talking about this, you could relate to the angry outburst because you're thinking if if someone screams, if they yell, If there's an attack, if if there's violence, that's what we're thinking, anger. Well, that is part of it. That's part of it. This is an angry outburst. Several different medical studies that I read said unresolved and chronic anger is associated, associated with many health issues. But question to all of us in closing today, how does my anger affect me? Right, if we're going to read you and yours seventeen times, how does my anger affect me? Because anger is part of so. So when you study it, anger is actually in a healthy state a good thing. There is a healthy side of anger when it comes to protecting your life, protecting your family, protecting people you love. Anger in a healthy place, anger from the the right thing. So. How they shared it with me was that you have this fight, flight, freeze type of mentality and there is a part of your brain that if you're protecting those you love, if you're, there can be an actual healthy side to this. The problem is what James said is human anger. We're taking God out of the equation. We're taking the principles, the ethics, the morals, the values, taking that out of the equation and human anger is not going to work the righteousness of God. And so when when we look at this question, how is my anger affecting me? Are are you repressing it? Are you suppressing it? Or for some of you today, if you had to acknowledge it, do you have angry outbursts in your life that you wish you didn't have? Would you love, you know, that we we read that one translation said, you know, harness some of these things in your life, harness them. That means controlled. The Bible would talk about one, one of the benefits of the Holy Spirit in our lives is self-control. Self Maybe today you would say, Pastor Micah, I want God to help me with my anger. I want Him to help me with these areas of my life because it's not just how it affects me. Here's, here's an important question. How does my anger affect others? When you and I walk in the room, do others in the room have to all of a sudden sense and feel like they're on pins and needles? If someone has a courageous conversation with us, do they have to worry about the angry outburst or the snide remark or the sarcasm? How how is my anger affecting others? The wrong people... Those of you that you, you, you know, if you're a parent, your kids, if you're married, your spouse, and, and a lot of times the people that you and I love the most can get the fallout of our frustration in life. And the fact is the wrong people often pay the price for our anger and irritation. I, I could come home And my 10 year old boy or or my 12 year old daughter, they could wanna throw a football or they could wanna play in the yard, and it's like, I don't have time, and not right now, and it could just be cutting or a little edgy. And in reality, it's not a 12 year old and a 10 year old that's frustrated me, not my child that's made me angry. They are paying the price for something or someone throughout the day that has affected me. And how about you? Are there people in your life that are affected by the way that you're handling these levels and layers of anger? When you look at the word danger, the word anger is in it. Because anger can become very dangerous. In our final few moments today, the goal is not to be ang- anger free. If you were to say, with everything going on in life and all the stresses and my job, and the goal is not necessarily to be anger free, but to learn how to be angry for the right reason with the right person at the right time and to express these emotions in the right way. Now, as you listen to this message, you could be thinking, this is exactly. For my husband. This is perfect, Pastor Micah, for my wife. I really hope my son's listening. Pastor Micah, is there any chance on the podcast, like my boss, my employer, like you're describing him? But in this moment, I don't want us to necessarily look at everyone else. I want us to say, is there anything in my life do I need to be a better listener? Do I need to think before I speak? Do I need to be honest enough to say, God, help me to be slow to anger? When I've talked to these people the last few weeks, I always want to give hope. I love people probably too much at times. If there's such a thing. I, you know, I've had staff and people around me before like, Pastor Micah, how how do you keep giving them chance after chance after chance? You know, the Bible says God's will is that none should perish. I, I'm definitely not God, but my I want everyone to make it. And it's important for me when we share scripture not to leave hopeless and helpless. If we just like point out the problem and everyone leaves and they feel like that big, I I was raised to where when I used to leave church as a child and a teenager, I always felt like God was mad at me and, you know, I would never make it. I would never please him. That's how I used to leave. And as I've gotten older, it's just really important for me that people are like, okay, I understand the problem or I understand the issue or I understand, but help me. Like, what am I supposed to do? And as we close today in prayer, I want to give you just some some action steps. The easiest thing to do is disregard what I'm sharing right now. The easiest thing to do is to deny it. The easiest thing to do is, why should I listen? They don't listen. Why should I think before I speak? No one else does. But if you're ready to get past denial you're open right now to God's Holy Spirit and I feel His Holy Spirit today. If You're open to say, I know that there's a better man, there's a better woman on the inside of me. I want to hear the words of James today. I want to get better. Here are a few action steps that they shared with me that I believe could help you as well. They say that when you take a timeout, and I've joked before, you know, I was raised pre-timeout. I wasn't raised with timeouts. You know, I I lean more. I've heard the comedian say that his dad took time out of his day to spank him. That's sort of how I was raised. That was timeout. But they have shared with me the importance of a timeout in life when you're getting riled up, the importance of a timeout. The, the example that they gave me is in sports. You know, whether it's basketball or, or hockey and, and, and here with football that you could have a full-grown man, 6'5", 6'7", 300, 320-pound lineman, defensive end. You could have a grown, sweaty, monster of a man that's getting off track with the game plan getting sidetracked with, with his assignment. And there are times in the middle of all of that that the coach will just be like, we need a timeout. What they shared with me is that a timeout can help reset your brain. Those was the words they used, reset your brain. How often how often in our lives that when everything is going on, arguably the best thing we could do, I need to take time out to pray. I I, I need to take time out and be still with God. I need to take time out and reset. Like, Like what's going on right now in the midst of of all of the division, and in the midst of all, Pastor Micah, I need to refocus. I need to renew. I need to ref- I need a time out in my life. You say, I'm angry today. I'm frustrated today. Pastor Micah, do you even know what's going on in our world? Maybe today in God's presence, it's time for you to reset your spirit, your mind, your heart. Gannon, where'd you go to school, Gannon? Go Colts. You see those hands? Hmm. like, I'm just kidding. I threw it at a couple guys earlier and they dropped it. Three things that they gave me as action steps that I don't want you to go back to your car, your truck. I don't want you to log off and be like, okay, 500 times and levels and layers, what am I supposed to do? The first thing is stop. Everyone say stop. Here's the thing, story side, and I know I'm being really transparent. I get it. The last thing you want to do in the heat, the heat, the heat of the moment, the last thing you want to do is stop. You could call it getting the last word you know, you could start discussing something and before long, you are way over here talking about stuff that had nothing to do with this. I know you're probably not wanting to stop, but if there's a way that you could ask God in this takeaway, Angel and I have been, been married 23, going on 24 years. We've been in this for two weeks studying with all these people that have been having input in the message. We've already had takeaways. One of them is just this. What if we could ask God to help us in these moments of disagreeing to say, okay, let's stop and see if we can reset and get back to the real issue. I know for some people, they're going to dismiss it and say, there's no way I'm going to argue for the rest of my life, disagree for the rest of my life, maybe I'm mad at politics the rest of my life, hate coaches for the rest of my life. But I'm asking you today, I'm asking you today, look at some ways that God could really help you to become that better man or that better woman. Stop. They say that there's three rules for this stopping decision. The first is don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. The second, don't hurt others. And the third, don't damage property. That's so good. I know it's basic, but it's so good. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt others. And don't damage property. Busting stuff up isn't solving anything. The second thing after stopping is stillness. Stillness. If I had time, I would read more verses to you out of Psalms and others, Proverbs, that just talks about if you can find some stillness, go for a walk. Find some quiet space. They say that men express their emotions physically. So maybe you've even heard a man say like, I just got to go to the gym and blow off some steam or I've got to split some wood or I've got to go out to the garage. And part of that is natural DNA that for a man, they actually need to go. They need to go. And that's part of dealing with this. The third in this Stopping and stillness and seeking. The third is seek. This is going to sound so simple, but when I've asked multiple counselors and believers and people that deal with this subject I'm sharing about, they have shared with me, you need to spend time in your Bible and pray. Now we're in a church setting. I know that should be obvious, but is it? Is it? Is it? Are you praying? Are you spending time in God's Word? Do you have a set time? Do you have a set space in your daily life to say, God, I need to hide Your Word in my heart so I don't sin? They also share that some of your anger could be because you need rest. You could need to look at what you're eating in your diet. It could be unforgiveness and the need to apologize. Maybe you've never assessed the triggers. Is it a book you need to read? Some of my favorites are books like It Came From Within with Andy Stanley or Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart. And there's many other books, but but maybe it would be as simple as saying Pastor Micah or someone else. What's a book I can go through with my spouse? What's a book I can read? I want to get better. Maybe it is counseling. Some of the best things Angel and I have ever done over the years, and I know some people, uh, they they may view counseling as irrelevant and stuff, but, but I actually think there's wisdom with counselors. Whether it's our church board, whether or not it's counseling Angel and I have sat down with, whether it's me having a pastor. Maybe you need someone else to weigh in on your life. But I'm asking you to take some steps. As we get ready to pray, the final verse I want to read, Ephesians 4. In your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. In your anger, do not sin. Verse 27, and do not give the devil a foothold. In your anger, do not sin. Do not give the devil a foothold. The other night, we're getting ready to pray. The other night, Angel and I is going to watch the debate together. And and I probably shouldn't even share this, but I'm just giving you an example. I'm not going to ask you, raise your hand if you're angry or mad or frustrated or I'll just put it on me today. Angel and I is going to watch the debate. I'm not even able to vote. I'm from Canada. I've never become a citizen. I go 10 and 15 years at a time with a permanent resident card. And we're going to watch the debate. I love drinking coffee with Angel. That's one of our favorite things to do. It could be at home with a cup of coffee, or we could go to a a coffee shop. It's one of my favorite things to do with Angel. So the debate starts. I, I I am giving my wife credit to say she made it 15 minutes. I don't think she made it 15 minutes. And she's done. She's done. She's done with name calling, interrupting, and I'm not asking for your opinion on it. I'm just saying she's done with it. So I'm watching it in a room off of our bedroom, sitting in the chair, I'm watching it. She goes and lays down in bed. And then every five minutes, here's what I have to hear. I wish you'd turn that off. I wish you'd stop listening to that. Why are you listening to that? Well, then I start getting aggravated at her. Like you made your decision, I haven't made mine yet. And just in a simple moment like that, Angel and I become frustrated at each other, which pre nine o'clock, we're thinking we're gonna drink coffee. (laughs) You see how easy it is to get frustrated at each other over someone or something else? See how easy that can happen? I'm not asking you to assess and analyze your entire life, but I would venture to say, that a lot of times what's happening out there, what's happening out there, starts affecting in your house, in your relationships, in your life. So today's message, not really asking, not really asking, what time is it, 12.06? Not really asking Someone to divulge the details of your life. I'm just being very transparent with you today and asking you to take James' advice. Take James' advice. Ask God to help you be a better listener. To his word, to his spirit, right? To each other. Be a better listener. I'm not always a good listener. Here, here's something that I do wrong. There's something I do wrong. And and I'm, I was realizing it before the last two weeks with this, but the last two weeks, this, this like really shines a light on it. My days are so full of people telling me stuff. I, I try to hide to study. That's true. I'll go to the Butler building. I'll sit in my truck. I, you know, I sit in this back room and I don't want to turn on cellular data because I can't get calls in this back room, whatever. And people's like, oh, let me fix it on your phone. No, I don't want you to fix it. I don't want to get calls. Like, let me just pretend I can't get signal back there. Like, oh, sorry. Uh, is this too transparent? This is too transparent, isn't it, Connie? Um, but in all of these things, in all of these things, here's what I can start doing to people. I'll start saying, give me the short version. Staff, give me the short version. Otherwise, people go on for 15 minutes like, let's go. That's bad to say, isn't it? I'll probably go get in my truck and be like, ah, I shouldn't have said that part. Well, I also do that to my wife and kids at times. When an angel wants to talk to me about something, I will say to her, give me the short version. So for me, I could raise my hand first and say, I want to be a better listener. I don't know what it looks like, I don't know all the details of it, I want to be a better listener. The second part I, also, I would raise my hand to that one. So I, here's the crazy thing I don't say 90% of what I think. I always think if I ever stopped pastoring, what would I even say? Like, oh, I feel like I'd bite my tongue all the People wouldn't even want to read my Facebook if I said what I thought half the time. I'm going to regret all of this stuff I'm saying right now. I have this voice in my head pray, pray, and let him go. Pray, and let him leave. oh my but I could raise my hand to say there's a lot of things that I don't think through before I speak even though I may feel like I bite my tongue a lot there's still things that I want to do a better job there's people who would probably still attend Storyside if I would have done a better job in meetings of thinking through a few things I said better the third part the third part is I'm not a door slammer I never have, I'm not a throw a key, break a lamp guy. And I don't want to get into why. I just, I'm, I don't like that stuff. Um, but my anger is deaf. I, I raise my voice. That's my thing. Like, and it could be in a moment. If my, if my kids, if my kids are arguing, pushing each other, fighting, not going, hey! I know, sorry, Sandy. Uh, I didn't do that at nine o'clock. So in the last two weeks, in the last two weeks of studying this, I've had a bunch of times where I'm like, God, help me to be slow to anger, slow to anger. I don't want to be zero to 60. So I don't know which ones you want to be honest with God about. That's up to you. It's up to you. But if there is one or two or all three where you are like, God, help me, help me, not them me help me i would love to pray for you right now love to pray for you today and believe that even in a political season we can still be christians even in coronavirus and craziness and we can still be christians so as you close your eyes and give me the honor to pray for you today no particular order, whether it was listening, talking, or being slow to anger. Is there anyone that would just say, Pastor Mike, I want to join you. Pray for me today. God's talking to me. Pray for me today. Thank you. God, I pray for every person in the room and online. Be angry and don't sin. Be angry and don't sin. Be angry and don't sin. I pray for anyone today that would say, there's sin in my life. Whether it's being born in sin or I'm a Christian, but I still, sin tries to slip in. And I pray that you would hear repentant hearts today. I pray that you would hear people that say, I want forgiveness of sin. I I don't want to continue in sin like Roman says. Pray that you would hear the hearts, the prayers of people today and that you would help them. People that really want to get better not get better to meet some religious requirement. They just know there's a better man, there's a better woman on the inside of them. pray that you would hear their their prayers today. When I read that verse of Scripture that says, don't give a foothold to the devil, don't give place to the devil. I pray if the devil has been finding his way into people's social media, finding his way into their home, finding his way through politics or whatever it may be, if anger and frustration and irritation and if that's been finding its way in, I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ, help these people not to give a place to the devil, not to give a foothold to the devil. I'm asking today that you would give people some practical steps to say, I want to do a better job, Holy Spirit. I want to do a better job of letting go of these emotions and these things that are not working the righteousness. They're not working the righteousness of God. And I pray that you would hear every heart and every prayer today. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand all over the room? Storyside, are you thankful for God's presence today? Can we sing about the number one emotion? The number one emotion in the Bible, the love of God. Are you thankful for God's love today? Why don't you tell Him thank you for loving me. Thank you that love covers a multitude of sins. Thank you that your love is too good. Come on, story side. God's love is too good to leave us here. Thank you, Jesus.